0: You're listening to Perspectives. I'm your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining today's podcast. My desire is that each episode speaks to your heart while answering each and every one of your prayers in a most extraordinary way. Today's podcast is very special and unique as it gives me the distinct pleasure of introducing a wonderful friend and mentor, Pastor Gerald Wilcoxon and First Lady Janice Wilcoxon of Mount Sinai Institutional Baptist Church in North Chicago. Pastor Wilcoxon is a graduate of Lakeland College, Wisconsin with a Bachelor of Religion and a graduate of Milwaukee Theological Institute with a Bachelor of Ministry. He was called into the ministry and licensed to preach on February 5, 1989 and was ordained on March 17, 1991 at Friendship Baptist Church under the leadership of Pastor Joseph Mm -hmm. L. Thomas. Pastor Wilcoxon served as interim pastor at United Faith Baptist Church for nine months before being called to serve the Mount Sinai Institutional Baptist Church family in North Chicago, Illinois. Pastor Wilcoxon has served the Mount Sinai family for 27 years and has received numerous awards and recognitions for his service to the community. As a native of Chicago, Pastor Wilcoxon is a United States Marine Vietnam veteran and for 51 years has been married to his lovely wife Janice. From their union, God has blessed them with three beautiful daughters, Tamika, Tomorrow, and Trine, four wonderful granddaughters. A grandson and one great-granddaughter evangelist Janice Wilcoxon aka Lady J is considered a motivational speaker and philanthropist and has been the first lady of Mount Sinai institutional Baptist Church for 27 years a devoted and loving wife she has been married to pastor Gerald for 51 years She attended the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh and retired after 37 years with Alpha Lavelle Incorporated, a pharmaceutical company. In 1999, Evangelist Wilcoxon was inspired by God to organize the Mount Sinai Women's Retreat, an annual event that attracts more than 400 women from across the nation. As a First Lady, she started the Mount Sinai Women of Christ and ministers and deacons wives ministry as well as hosting the Season of a Woman's Life series. In 2013, Evangelist Wilcoxon was called into the ministry, allowing God to use her fully. In 2004, she was awarded the Women in Spirit Award by the People's Voice newspaper. And in 2011, Evangelist Janice Wilcoxon, along with her husband, Pastor Gerald Wilcoxon, were awarded Most Influential African Americans of Lake County, Illinois. The Lord is continuing to use Evangelist Wilcoxon to lead those that are lost to Christ and constantly encourage women on their faith journey. Today's podcast is titled, A Conversation with Pastor Gerald Wilcoxon and First Lady Evangelist Janice Wilcoxon. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming today's guest, Pastor Gerald and First Lady Janice Wilcoxon. Good morning, Pastor and First Lady. I know that the audience is very anxious to hear from you both, but before we begin, is there something that the two of you would like to share with all those that are listening today?
1: Well, we just want to thank, first of all we want to thank you that it's today for, for your friendship, your fellowship, and, and the, uh, inviting us to come and share ourselves with you and God has been so good and merciful and kind and we have great friendship so we're glad to be here
2: amen
0: (laughs) thank you (laughs) you, thank thank you pastor
2: for this opportunity amen it's a blessing
0: Thank you very much. And um, Pastor, um, just to start off, um, so the audience can learn a little bit more about you, can you share your salvation story, um, a testimony of your journey to Christ?
1: Amen. Well, thank you. I, I guess it'll go all the way back really to Vietnam because it was there that I promised the Lord that uh, if you ever get me out of here, I'll serve you to the day I die. And so then, when I came home and I met my lovely wife, future wife, brother, uh, I I forgot about Jesus and uh, got introduced to Jack. and I think somebody that knows Jack, they know McCartney and all the rest of them. But anyway, I got to go on to church, and because my wife wanted me to go to church, and because she was brought up in the church and she had the children going to church, and I just went really went to church. If I might be. I went to church just to keep her quiet and to you know, get off my back. But then little did I know that when she constantly got after me, I was hearing the word. And as I was hearing the word, it started to convict me because I did promise the Lord. If you got me out of there, I would serve you till the day I die. And all of a sudden, I was making excuses. Whenever the pastor closed, I'd make excuses why I had to step out for him. I was too convicted, but one day, I, I guess I, I, I was running, but I couldn't hide, and so I found myself going down the aisle, giving God my heart and, and uh, the preacher my hand, and it was at her AME church, and so uh, I got into church, and I was working in everything. I was in the male chorus, the choir, the, uh, I was doing some of everything, but I didn't add that peace. I was constantly struggling because I felt the Lord was calling me to do something. So I tried to fight it as long as I could. And uh, we had a board meeting. And the pastor asked, do we have anything else that uh, needs to be discussed? That's when I jumped up and and said, "Uh, Pastor, I believe I'm being called into the ministry. And uh, (laughs) that was like an anvil off my chest. As I finally got it out. Amen. But Sister Wilcoxon didn't know that. See, I should have said something to her first. And I'll just let her tell you how she felt about my new venture into <laughs> the ministry.
0: Amen, Pastor. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> can she go ahead on and tell you? Yes. Well I
0: was <laughs>
2: life to Christ, because there's lots of times, many a times, plenty of times, where he wouldn't come to church. I've worked in the church all my life, a a Methodist church, and I wanted him to be able to, I told him, I said, I feel like a widow with my kids and no husband all the time. And he always promised me, I'll come next Sunday, I'll come to church next Sunday. He just was ready there to please me. And so, that one particular day, we were at church and they opened the doors of the church. And my husband got up, thought he was going to the bathroom. He got up and he went down the aisle and gave his life to Christ. The church was shouting, hallelujah, praise God, thank you Jesus. And I said, mm-hmm, wait till we get home. <laughs>
0: Amen. I didn't take you all
2: that far, I just wanted you to come to church. And so that's part of our story, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. And when I look back now, when you did on that day—that time, that day—I cried, and I'm gonna tell you why I cried because I was in church all my life, and they knew how they would, how, you know, uh, the pastors would be treated, and pastor kids, PK kids—I didn't want no PK kids. I wanted them to be normal kids, and uh, so it was—it was a ch- challenge. But the Lord worked it out. Amen.
0: Amen. And I'm pastor for you. Why is it important to have a personal testimony? And why is authenticity a valuable commodity in Christianity?
1: Well, I feel, that uh, you know, you, you ought to have a personal testimony because a personal testimony will reach a long way. There's so many people out there that need encouragement, they need enrichment, they need just uh, a breakthrough and sometimes it's your personal testimony uh, that will get them through and and you get a a wonderful opportunity to share christ and to share the love of jesus and and then when when you uh share your testimony and it's real people can see real they can see change and i know that when you try to. Be as genuine as you can. People do see it and, and, and it resonates. And they say, if God can do that for you, perhaps, just perhaps, He can do it for me. Amen. And so it's important for every born-again believer to, to have a personal testimony and then be authentic.
0: And first Lady Jay, I know I know how hard you work to keep the faith. Um, can you share a little bit of the same that Pastor just shared? Here.
2: Come born again. We go through trials. We go through tribulations. We go through ups and downs. But the Lord is always with us, and He always lead and guide us in the right directions that we need to go to. So that's what you you let God be God. He'll work it out for you. No matter what you're going through, ups and downs, trials, tribulations, He will be there for you. Amen.
0: Amen. And um for the both of you, um was there ever time in your face walk? that you were either discouraged? And if so, what did it take for you to endure to get to this point where you are now?
2: Well,
1: believe it or not, I was most discouraged when I went into the ministry because when I went into the ministry, that's why it's so uh, important to have a personal testimony, to to be authentic, to be as real as you can. And because there's so much discouragement in the church today where people have been hurt, they've been wounded, there's so much division and schisms and, and people don't like to worry, but it's cliques in the church. And I, did, I wasn't used to that. I was used to everybody trying to praise God and worship God. And when I got there as a pastor, I, people were fighting and arguing and bickering. And I really got so discouraged at one time in my ministry, I was ready to go home. I said, Lord, I know you didn't call me all to all this. I mean, this all constantly fighting and stuff. I said, no, I I need something more real than this. But then as I was growing in Christ, I realized my target audience was them. To teach them more about love and and genuine love and and, and forgiveness and mercy and grace. And those things became so important until I had one big at one time that said, you preach quite a bit about love you know it was almost he was asking me do you want to preach something else yeah as soon as you start loving I'll switch to something else which is forgiveness (laughs) and so I just kept and then that's helped me endure because I I had to change my focus I was focusing on them rather than on him on the Lord Jesus and when I trained my focus I said no they need God just
0: as much as anybody else. Amen. And First Lady Jay?
2: I uh, I grew up in a message which I shared before and like you said, no matter where you are, the the enemy comes in to destroy you, make you have doubts, make you unforgiven and all kind of things. So, When you you turn that over to the Lord, he'll work it out for you because even though you gotta go through some bad times, some ups and downs, some trials and tribulations, my main goal was I grew up in this church and I knew how the church act, I knew how the people act, and then when my husband said he was called into the ministry, that disappointed me because a lot of this was too much drama for me, all I just wanted to do is go to church, praise the Lord, and go home, I didn't want all this drama. But well, as I continue to grow in my relationship with the Lord, he gave me peace, he gave me joy, he gave me love, and I told pastor, I'm with you no matter where we go, God is going to be with us through all the trials and tribulations we have to go. through." But one thing I did not like is people controlling you as uh, the first lady, your children as PK kids, I never once told my children, you better act good because you know your dad's a daddy. You know, when I told them, you better act good because that's what Jesus wants you to act. Never made them feel that they were PK kids. Okay. And that's part of my testimony. And that helped them to continue to go in church as they got older because we never pound that on them that you know your daddy's a preacher, no, not one time
0: okay and first lady jay for our audience that doesn't understand can you explain what a pk kid is <laughs>
1: PK kid. PK kid, they supposed to act a certain way they're supposed to talk a certain way and, and and they can't do nothing wrong they ain't supposed to watch no tv don't listen to no music they just sit up there and read the bible and sing Pass Me Not" every day <laughs> okay. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're they're All right. You. They had certain
1: expectations of that D K kid. Okay. And even though their kids were doing whatever they wanted to do, but they expected mine to act like angels.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. We didn't want that. We wanted them to be as normal as possible, and then kept Christ in front.
0: Amen. And um, Pastor and First Lady, um, a little bit off topic, but can you both share? Um, how the two of you met oh, i have
2: a moment pastor quick
1: <laughs> yes, i was at the base in i had just finished
0: high school let's say how
2: long ago this was and i was on my way to college and i was working at a chart kind of the kind a Dermatologist. Dermatologist back in the 30s. I worked in the office there uh, for the whole summer months and Pastor happened to come in to uh, the cafeteria one day and there was no place else to eat but one chair. And he was with another uh, Marine and they said, come on, you can, there's a seat here. So of course we're sitting there just eating our lunch and we just started talking. He was asking me where was I from? I was asking where was he from? and see going from here and all that and uh he came up to my office where i was working and then he asked me was I coming back there that evening to what y'all called the best hall is that what they call
0: you mm-hmm.
2: it was an activity center, but they called the best hall and so that's where all the military people would meet up at the, in the evening and so he asked me "Was i gonna come back down i said i don't, I don't know i'll see I'll see, but I was anxious to come back down because I was enjoying our conversation and uh, just from there, that's how it all began. Is, is it my turn Dave? <laughs>
0: it is, Pastor. It's your turn now.
2: Okay, you you want to
1: you hear the rest of the story?
0: Yeah, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey says.
1: <laughs> you know, a lot of it was missing and she got off of the elevator. And then started from the beginning. She got off the elevator and immediately said, uh-huh, and hey, what's your name? <laughs> you were being
2: and, nice to all the feelers. You know and, how and, that is. Just saying, no, no, hello,
1: no, welcome no, no. to home. She said, what's your name? And so I told my name. Here we started talking. The next time she came down, she came over to the table because she thought there was no place else to sit. There was plenty of place to sit. But she came to my table And there's two other chairs there. And then she asked something very. Is there anybody sitting here? You know, so she sat down and then we went. I went up the dermatology office and saw it and stuff. And then she said, I'm not going to be back down. But her girlfriend told me, they told me that she couldn't wait to get back down. And she ran down almost, but she didn't get the car. And so (laughs) then that's when our journey began, right
0: there. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. That's the truth. Amen, Pastor. And while we're on that same topic, um, and I know we talked about it previously, but I know as with all relationships, there's always one serious person and there's always one that has a sense of humor. So... Um, Pastor, starting off with you, which one are, which one are you?
1: I'm I'm a serious. I'm a serious one and, and, uh, I
2: think everybody know that is not true. <laughs> 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 this is the comedian. He missed his this, this call. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Quite a few people have said I missed my call, but you know what it what's really what it's all about, Dave, is uh, I just had like to have fun. And I promised myself in the ministry is that I'm not going to sit up there and go to heaven with a frown on my face. Because I understand. The, my Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So I'm not going to sit here and serve a mighty and awesome God that gives peace and comfort and understanding and then walk around here with a frown on my face. So, yes, I enjoy working with <laughs> Jesus and working with people
0: amen pastor that's wonderful and um, pastor I'm familiar with your time serving in the United States Marine Corps during Vietnam um, and as the term goes Semper Fi always faithful how did that impact your calling to Christ as I'm aware during my time period where I was deployed in um, both Iraq and Afghanistan um, I had an opportunity to see a lot of soldiers and service members give their life to Christ um, while they were in harm's way so can you just share how that impacted your life
1: well th- th- that term uh, simplify always faithful every marine knows it uh, oftentimes when you meet another marine uh, they'll they'll just say simplify and you'll automatically know that he's a marine and so we have we we serve and and, and We're together as one unit. You learn this pride and spirit core, however you want to put it. And so I learned that when I went into the Marine, when I went into ministry, that I was going to keep that same model, always faithful, always faithful to the Lord, always faithful to my brothers and sisters in Christ and and reaching out to others. And they also have a model in the Marine, leave no one behind. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that my ministry would try to be so impactful that we leave nobody behind. That all will be saved.
0: Amen. And so Pastor.
1: that 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 motto means a lot to me. Always faithful, because we
0: have so many people that are unfaithful. It's, it's 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 definitely
1: a blessing when you see somebody walking faithful.
0: Amen, Pastor. And um, you recently took a freedom flight, and for the audience that's not aware. Um, that's when a group of veterans, a lot of them um, seasoned from both the Korean War, World War II, and Vietnam, um, they have a group that actually takes them to Washington, D.C. Um, as a group to visit with fellow veterans and the monuments and all of the other things that are there. Can you tell me about that experience and what it really meant for you going for the first time?
1: That was. That was one of the most beautiful uh, trips I've ever taken and it, it, it has impacted my life to the point to where uh, I want to get more involved and get more uh, veterans to take the honor flight. Um, because when I came home from Vietnam, I was, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, angry, really angry and, and I felt it. I, I wasn't appreciated that I was a, a fool for going. There was nobody to really welcome me home. I just came home, took my uniform off, and went about my business. And so my sea bag came about a year later, and I just took the sea bag and threw it in the garbage. It was no part of it, too embarrassed to even wear my uniform. But then, um, with the honor flight, when they took us to Washington, D.C., and they treated us like we really did, Appreciate your service and, and what you did for this country. And and when I went and saw all of this and saw how they treated the veterans and stuff, I felt good. And they uh, took us all around and brought us home. But when they brought us home, they had they had to have uh, maybe a thousand people in the welcoming us home now, with the bands and, and the high school bands and singing and everything, saluting. Uh, and the uh, two lines, they, uh, saluting us and everything else, like, like a parade. And and we we got in there and and I really had tears in my eyes because I really felt good. And 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 I was trying to be cool in front of Sister Wilkerson. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to break down. Come on, I'm a Marine, and so I'm trying to keep a stiff lid up until I saw this one gentleman, uh, and I didn't even get choked up telling me but i saw him and he put his child down he was carrying a child he put his child down and and made his way through the crowd never taking his eyes off of me and he says welcome home marine and he said it's 50 years later but we finally got it right Welcome
0: home. amen pastor
1: couldn't take it after that
0: Mm-hmm. I understand and
1: after that I told my story to the president of the uh, Stars and Stripes. And they put me in the 4th uh, of July parade. And then there was something else. They anyway, they wanted to make me an ambassador. So, and now they want me to go in and talk to children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm waiting on them to contact me. And so, I, like I was telling you earlier today, that um,
0: I feel like I got a new calling. No, but that's, because I want some of these
1: other veterans to feel
0: what I felt and that's, that's great right. pastor I mean that's wonderful um and like you said 50 years later um you know for the veterans and this not only ties to you know your service but with your walk with Christ um yeah. 50 years later you finally got the home welcoming that you deserve from so many years ago so that's that's duly noted pastor
1: and I constantly get, uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And when you go to a restaurant and somebody I, I ask for the bill and and someone says uh, somebody already paid your bill, you know that's a blessing.
0: And it is. And um, first first lady Jay. Um, I know Pastor has given us a bit about his life story in the beginning, um, but can you tell us? about the family and how they're actively involved in the ministry as well and then can you share with us how did all of that come together um, because from my knowledge of um, knowing um tamika tamara and trene um, they're all very wonderful women and they're all established in their own right so can you share with us you know kind of how you mentored and developed and molded them to become the women that they become today
2: well, three girls and uh, I bought them up in church. Uh, it wasn't, uh, can I go next week? It was a lifetime that I made them come to church with us on Sundays. And uh, they grew up in that kind of relationship where at, at, as when you get to the very end of it, they was used to church. And uh, we tried to give them a best life of Christianity, to love God, love his word, love his promises and, and just have a relationship with the Lord. And so we put a lot of our time trying to teach our girls to be rightful, to be loving, to be kind. And they, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of them now as they, they're older now and uh, they're, I'm just proud of them that they have challenged the walk of Christianity believing in the Lord and all the good stuff. And, you know, when you take some time and you put things in, you notice that your labor has not been in vain. And that's what I feel like. Put a lot in there with having girls. But in the end, it was all work with that.
0: OK, and for the two of you, and I'll start off with First Lady Jay first, Pastor, because I know um, you're going to chime in um, with yours as well. Um, but I know you shared a bit when we were in Bible study this week, but can you tell the audience what your favorite scripture is and why that particular scripture and what does it mean to you?
2: <laughs> Same okay. Mine is the Lord is my shepherd. And then I, a song. I shall not Twenty-third thirst Yes. Yes. He wants
1: to
2: know for why. The oh, why? Because it's Oh, I'm sorry, I, I kind of got l- lost here. Uh, is, the Lord is my shepherd, so this I'm making this personal. I shall not want. He made me to lie down in green with pastures. He restored my soul. Yea, though I, not sure, I walk through the valley of the shadows of death. I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Prepare a place for us. Surely, goodness and mercy. Shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall live in the Lord forever. Will in the house of the Lord forever, amen. Amen. I know I kind of switched out, but (coughs) you got too many of it.
0: Oh, we do, Pat. Um, First Lady J. So, now why, why is that your favorite scripture?
2: Because it's reminding us how the Lord is, it's reminding us how He is, and how He loves us unconditionally. No matter what we've gone through, He still loves us. And we know that no matter what we're going through, the Lord is our shepherd. And we have someone to call on. We're going through trials and tribulations. We got someone that strengthens strengthened our love for him and strengthened our love for one another. And he's just a mighty God that we serve.
0: Amen. And pastor, for you?
1: For me, it's Philippians 4.13. And I can do all things through Christ who's me. And that was a challenge because uh, when we were building the, onto the church, the vision, uh, I, I had some nerve-wracking times with that, trying to get everything together and, and we're faced with opposition, with no's, and doors were slammed in our face. But then through it all, God worked it out and convinced me that, yes, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because sometimes we get a little weak sometimes my faith falters a little bit but i'm constantly reminded of that scripture and to this day we built we added on to the church and everything else and we still have challenges today but still god is working it out.
0: amen pastor um is there anything that you would change or wish you would have known before that may have made your journey or your walk with christ a little easier, or a little less challenging.
1: Well, is it for me, uh. A...
0: How? What, what, whatever order you guys go with is fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, that, that was that was kind of difficult for me because I don't think that I would change anything mm-hmm. because uh, everything was a growing experience—the good, the bad, and the ugly—and it was. It was the challenges that I had to go through just strengthened my belief and my faith in God that I can do all things through Christ. And so I think that I needed to go through all of those. I don't think I would really change a thing because I've had a blessed ministry, a wonderful ministry. And I don't want to say was, I have a blessed and wonderful ministry. And I thank God for my wife, the first lady, because she has shared with me, she's my best critic. And she keeps me on straight
0: and narrow. And whatever I know I'm doing, I'm messing up. She's right there to help me straighten up.
2: Amen, Amen. Pastor. And <laughs> First Lady. Um, it's been some hard trials, but through it all, we learned to t- trust in Jesus and trust in His Word and His promises. And I have to say, one of the greatest things that we had to share that we had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land, to see it all been a Sunday school all my life with all the little scriptures and the songs and the prayers but when i went to israel and went to holy land that made my spiritual walk even stronger and uh it was just an amazing and if you ever get a chance to go you'll never be the same that's all i can tell you it's, a, it's a marvelous world and Jesus is an awesome God that we serve
1: and <laughs> from the day that we went once we had to go again mm-hmm. and then I took a group and I said oh no we need to share this with somebody and so I took a group of 15 We went the second time and believe me that was even better than the first time mm-hmm. and so um, I would encourage anyone to go because it changed, literally changed my ministry because now I talked about Calvary. I was there. I talked about the, the, the sea. I was there. Amen.
2: Daddy, yeah, show us how much He loves us oh, yeah. unconditionally. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And He forgives us for all that we do. We just gotta make it right with the Lord. Amen. Don't wait till you're on your deathbed. Do it now while you have the strength the to ask God to make it right for you change your life do all the things that God calls us to do in this evil world that we live in and you can want peace I tell you if you want true peace give your life over to the Lord now
1: when we meet these challenges people who don't know Christ who are angry whatever it is, we learn to say as Jesus said on the cross but they know not what they do Amen. And then we have the
0: opportunity to leave. Amen. Um, And coming next is, um, I know the modern church is composed of several generations um, from people that are in their 20s and their teens all the way up to their 90s and 100s. Is there a difference in how that divide impacts your ministry specifically and the church indirectly?
1: you you have to try to help each one grow the seniors the youth even tiny tops and everything else so what we developed at Mount Sinai is a excuse elimination ministry in other words whatever the need let's see if we can supply that need and so we came up with a a morning and, and evening bible study we came up with kids in the kingdom came up with a marriage ministry, youth ministry, noonday and, and hospital ministry, praise team, praise dad, clothing ministry, food pantry, culinary ministry. We try to have a ministry that would meet each need in each generation because you know, the seniors, they think in one way, the youth are thinking another way and, and you got to make a balance in that. You know, you got to supply needs for all of the generations in your church. And so we had our uh, the case in point with, uh, we had, I wanted to uh, start a praise dance and uh, some of the seniors in the church said, oh no, oh no, oh, all that, oh no, not all that dance we can the can, all that shaking and going on, no, 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 no. But then I said, you know, after you teach what the word of God says about dance, and then we tighten up, we make sure that we make sure that the dance is holy then they had no problem with
0: it. Amen. Now
1: it's just, it's just as normal as pie. We had some issues at the beginning. And because in the youth, you know, they feel that uh, the older people are not listening to them. You know, and so you that's a balancing act. You know, you have to say that let's, let's love and let's sit down at the table and let us reason together. Because let's listen to these young people. Mm-hmm. Because they are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today.
0: Amen. And Pastor, we've had a number of in-depth conversations about a multitude of topics. Can you share with us your view of the church today, specifically after COVID's impact?
1: Brother Dave, church like we knew it has changed. Because uh, I do believe when it says it's gonna be a great falling away, I do believe that because we've lost members and trying to, and the, and the, the challenge to try to get people to come back to church. And they, they're not coming back. They, they they coming on Zoom to where they can wear pajama bottoms and, and a nice shirt on top. So I even asked one of the, my Bible studies, I said, could everybody uh, take these screens? put the screens on and just stand up <laughs> and everybody started laughing because I knew what was going on mm-hmm. and so they would laugh but see but that seems to be we have to we got to find some way uh to be innovative that we have to come up with new methodologies not change the world but new methodologies are how to get our people back engaged with the Lord and that's a challenge since COVID and now I'm hearing people we can fill up a football stadium of 50,000 folk, but we can't get 200 back in church, and that's a challenge. Amen. And so, and then and then I think some of it is the media is is keeping it. On. You know, they, there's so much technology out there now. Joe, well, what do I need to go to Bible study for? and I can get all the answers on YouTube.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and and now we have a just we have a big challenge coming up right now. Christmas is on Sunday. What we gonna do now? And New Year's is on Sunday. So mm-hmm. now we had I had to have a meeting uh, with my trustees, and you know, what we gonna do? You know, half these folk ain't coming to church on Sunday, and we got gifts under the tree.
0: Yeah, but and you so, could you could say um, it, you could say it's perfectly placed. <laughs>
1: And so we, we we're going to have uh, media, what do you call it, virtual, uh, and then and so they can record on and, and then have
2: it on Sunday and show it. And then we we're, we're going to have New Year's Day because that's the first
1: Sunday of the year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So
1: we're gonna have service there. So, but we those are the, some of the challenges that we have today. We didn't have before.
0: Okay. You know? all right thank you is
1: um you know sunday school is um
0: um pastor and first lady um all ministries are different and god did not call us to build upon another's foundation what is yours and first lady janice's true ministry and what would you like your legacy to be when it's all said and done
2: mine would be that we continue to grow people in the love of Christ when it's all said and done that's what we need to know and do to love God and just study his word be faithful and love ye one another
1: my love my passion is is teaching and and preaching and I took a. it was kind of funny because I took a gifts class and the top three were uh, teaching, helps and pastoring and I said pastoring? Why would that be number three? Because I love to pastor but then it went back it was true. I love to teach because people are saved by the word and, and, and I just just love to teach it and I just thank God for the opportunity uh, to be able to teach and, and I just use my own style of, of teaching because I want to be able to share me with others and when you share others and people can see they're not alone you know there's go through this this world and so that's my, that's my gift and, and I just love. It
0: okay and um pastor and first lady again there are many churches with denominational ties and people are always searching how do you make someone feel welcome at mount sinai what makes it different there than any other place if that's an appropriate question
1: well i think you know yourself uh that whenever someone says they're looking for a church home we should all say together, you need do not, not look, any look any further. And so we just share that to make people comfortable at Mount Sinai and, and we're not here to judge, we're here to all do the same thing and let's get a closer walk with the Lord Jesus. And so we want you comfortable at Mount Sinai. We don't want, we don't want you caught up in all of the, the, the hoopla and all the rest of it, just come in and worship. And 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 then share ourselves because I often say, you know, don't let people walk out of this church not knowing you and not knowing more about our church. Make them feel well. Those people people will return where they feel well.
0: Amen, Pastor. And um, Pastor, during the time period where we either you're preaching from the pulpit or we're doing Bible study, you often use a phrase um, that says, "I'm not talking about you." i'm talking about me what does that specifically mean why is that important as you share your ministry with others
1: well one of the reasons that i say that is because i've often heard people say in church the preacher talking about me or either he may have said something that uh, he shouldn't have said when he was uh, in conference with other people and so I learned real quick from one of my professors in school, he said, Gerald, you, you don't have to find other folk to talk about. You talk about you, and you'll hit 85%. And so I learned real quick that if I talk about me, I can talk about me all day long, as rough as I want. And I know if I talk about liquor, I done hit somebody. I can talk about my own. My, uh, Drugs, I'm hitting somebody. I can talk about riot, just living, and then while they laugh and they learn. And, and I learned how to do that real good because so now people can't sit up and say, I don't
0: believe the preacher said that. But now I ain't talking about you. Yeah. I'm talking about me. Amen, <laughs> And And uh, for First Lady J, there are many distractions mm-hmm. and things that can lead someone astray what do you use as encouragement or how do you genuinely reach someone's heart
2: well first of all i like to let them know that this is a conversation between me and you and no one else a lot of times people want to talk to you or they want to have a relationship with you but they're afraid and they're embarrassed for whatever problem they're going through Mm -hmm. so the first thing i always try to tell them is this, this is between us and no one else. I want them to feel comfortable so they can be released and have an understanding of what they're going through. And so I think that helps them to be able to talk to you and let them know that I'm not going to gossip your business out on the street. I want you to have a relationship with the Lord and grow. And it's not about all the drama that we go through and so i
0: want them to be comfortable that they can feel comfortable to come to me when they're going through trials and tribulations and okay and um, pastor oftentimes um we commonly use the term um, which is called church hurt what do you mean by that term and how do we fix it when it occurs when so many people mm-hmm. are left broken after having attended church or being part of a fellowship or having given their life to Christ?
1: church, church. to me it means that people have been personally attacked and talked about, criticized, ostracized, abused, lied on, lied about, backstabbed, backbiting. It's a lot of that stuff that should not be in God's house, but it is. And people have been wounded when they see um, Hypocr- hypocrisy and, and all of that in the church, secret service Christians, where they're acting one way on Sunday and something else on Monday. They're just saying, they're getting disillusioned. they just, say, I'm, I'm done. And they they quit. And so what we need to do is hopefully uh, uh, watch for this going on because they give you signs. It's not like they just jumped up and walked out. They're, they're saying, I'm tired, I'm hurt. And so we need to be there for them and they need to see us their form and then get in, get involved with them. and we see so many people and I tell them all the time everybody that comes in church smiling They, some people are going through some problems and they and some of the problems come right out of our church so let's get there with them and, and help them and and have a ministry that they can go to some people have been helped because we had a marriage ministry and they were going through some problems And so, you know, we just have to be there for them and pray with
0: them and share with them. And that's what we need to do more in the church to share with each other. Amen. And, um, the Bible exhibits God's enduring presence, um, from the creation in Genesis to Abraham's promise, um, Moses as the Exodus deliverer, David's rise and fall, their period in captivity, the birth and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The growth of the church and the final words in Revelation as you refer to during this week's Bible study okay. um, pastor and first lady can you share your view of a omnipresent God for someone that feels alone forsaken or absent of any hope at all well, I truly
2: believe that God is who we say he is and When we're going through trials and tribulations, we have to learn and grow and just be able to trust God in his word and in his promises to us. Uh, I can, over the years, I can look at so many different times that I questioned when I was younger, is God really, God? is he just someone like santa Claus that he wants us to 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 uh, pretend that he is real and so when i went through different trials i went to the lord i didn't go to a pastor i went to the lord to be able to connect with him and ask him lord is this really really what you want me to do or is, are you really 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 lord i needed him to 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 cover me and show me his love and he's truly who he said he is. And the more you get in a relationship with him, the easier it becomes because he's an awesome God and he loves us unconditionally and forgives us for all of our sins. And the closer you get to the Lord, the more you have peace, the more you have love, the more you can forgive because he's just that kind of God.
0: Amen, First Lady. And now, uh, Pastor? i add
1: much more to that because she said wonderful. Uh, is that make yourself available. Be there for each other. Because that's what people are starving for, is affection, love, and, and understanding. And let people know that they're not alone. We have plenty of biblical examples, of David and Goliath three hebrew boys daniel the lion's den we got all kind of examples where god's present has been with them. and 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 so that all bring encouragement right there then share yourself you know because uh some people they they'll hear about you know red sea experience but share with them how god opened up your red sea and 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 get in touch with them so i think that 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 helps
0: okay and um, Pastor and First Lady, finally, as the last word, as we approach Christmas in the celebration of the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, can you share a word for those that are listening, especially for those that have not come to know Jesus and do not fully grasp the purpose of his coming? I love that saying, Jesus is the
2: reason for the season. And it's that simple. And we have lost our, we have lost the really meaning of what Christmas is all about. It's to you know, the, the, the gifts, all the clothes, vacations. Just thank God for what he's done for us all these years. He died on Calvary for us. He, he's just a great guy. And, and we know that nobody, everybody's not going to get it. And so we just have to try to focus with ourselves to continue to grow and have others to grow in Christ.
1: I would just say, just as John said, Jesus is the reason for the season, but we all just concentrate on why he's the reason for the season. Not just say it like that, but there's a reason. He came here for a reason. He came to die there ransom us back and reconcile us back to, father, to our father. And so he, he came to pay the price for our sins. And we still stuck it with baby Jesus in the manger. Well, he's up. He's up and seated at the right hand of the father. But we need to tell those who don't know or don't have, uh, don't know the savior for themselves, is focused more on who hung on the tree and not so much as the gifts under the tree.
0: Amen. And I think that's a perfect way of putting it, Pastor. So everyone kind of keeps it in perspective. And as you say, you know, Christmas is a season of celebration, but it's a season of celebration for so many different reasons. But we have to actually realize that there was only one designated purpose for the coming of Christ, and that was to come and pay the entirety of our ransom for salvation and to draw us back to God, so that we can spend, as you say, in eternity with Him. And finally, Pastor Wilcox and First Lady Janice, I am absolutely humbled and honored that you accepted this invitation to host Perspectives with me today. As always, thank you for your continued grace and loving kindness and friendship god bless the entire wilcoxon family or as you have referred to them as the clan we love you tremendously and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it you thank, thank god you. For you for the day and we mm-hmm. thank god for you because you know what you
2: took that phrase right out of mount sinai night everybody's
1: used it. Mm-hmm. And we love you and ain't nothing you can do about it it's all the way in virginia down in uh, the carolinas mm-hmm. and,
0: and
1: Washington, D.C., that <laughs> phrase is gone everywhere now. Ab- it's almost me.
0: Absolutely. And in closing, I'll just say thank you for listening. As perspective pursues its outreach to those in need, I humbly ask that you continue in prayer. If you enjoy what you have heard, please subscribe by on the Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you are listening to me via Anchor, Leave a voice message by clicking on the message button and start recording by selecting the red button and follow the corresponding instructions. I would love to hear from you. You can also send me an email directly at howarddc42 at yahoo.com or text me at the number on which you received today's podcast. As always, I'd like to acknowledge that Pastor Wilcoxon and First Lady Jay have a live stream church service um, that are also available on YouTube, and you can also join them for Bible study each Wednesday for a wonderful and informative message. God bless all of you listening today and may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.